You are listening to the Brand Architect Podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hey, hey everyone. How do you like the new podcast name? It's cool, huh? Well, as you see, the changes I'm making are becoming real now. But there are things that do not change at all, and it's still me, Annie Alexander. So for those of you who have missed the news, you can check out the episode 156, where I spoke to you about the evolution of the Right to Breath podcast and why it will be turning into something else. And hopefully something as exciting as what we had before, or even better. So if you need more details, please check out episode 156 called Wind of Changes on your smartphone or tablet or go to www.annealexander.com backward slash 156. Okay, so welcome to The Brand Architect, the podcast that will show you how to stand out, get noticed, and be heard. And it will also help you establish your brand and grow your online audience. So I'm really excited about this new twist, new change, and the evolution of the podcast. I hope you are too. And um, the things that want change are the good quality content, the knowledge, and of course, the encouragement of inspiration. All that stays, I'm staying too. So there are some things that will be constant. But there is one more change, and I'm really, really excited about this one because it's something that I've been thinking about since a long time, but never really had the courage to come up with and actually start implementing. So what I realized from my experiences that I had with Right to be Read podcast was that we do need a community where you will get all the emotional and practical support, knowledge, accountability, and relationships that you need all in one place. Because the Right to Be Read podcast was an amazing experience, but the problem was that I couldn't really engage as much as I wanted to. So I'd love to engage better with my audience and dedicate more time and attention to our relationship. That is why I'm building the Brand Architect Club, which will be the exclusive community for podcast listeners. Since it is just born and I have a limited time offer for lifetime membership for you, because I think that the founding members and the ones who jump in first and the most loyal listeners really deserve a treat. So make sure you check it out at www.annealexander.com backwards slash membership. And we already have more than 30 members there. I'd love to see you there too. So annealexander.com backwards slash membership. Well, okay. Now it seems that I covered all the updates for you. So let's finally get to our today's interview. And today, my guest is Janet Murray. Janet spent the past 15 years writing and editing for national newspapers and magazines, including The Guardian, Telegraph, Independent, Times, Sun, and Daily Mail. What really fires her up now is teaching people how to create incredible PR opportunities with minimum time 
and resources. So that's what I will be picking her brain about because I think we all need that knowledge. So let's see what she's got to say. Hello, Janet. I'm so happy to have you over to the show. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I've been following you for a bit. I mean, since I, I moved to the UK, I'm, I'm telling this all the time. Since I moved to the UK, I ended up having more guests from the UK. And I think it's nice because my main audience, like about 80% of the audience is in the US. So like this, we're sort of, you know, um, putting the two networks together. And it's very nice to sort of, you know, make it's more international these days. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to hear voices from the UK on podcasts, I think. Oh, it is. It is because, uh, I mean, me being away in Armenia and dealing mainly with the US audience, haven't heard so many great names who are doing wonderful work, uh, but we never heard about them because it was very US-centered. So it's very nice to sort of, you know, have this diversity and to introduce people who, although are far away, but are doing great stuff. Okay, so uh, I guess you're like the expert about things that we really need in terms of gaining visibility because these days no matter what we do online is so crowded there's there's so much noise there's so many self-proclaimed you know gurus experts and all these people whom you see a lot but you don't really know how good they are so it's very difficult to sort of gain this this initial visibility among all those people that are, have been there before you so let's put ourselves in the situation of someone who is just starting out getting like his uh, toes a little bit into the online stuff and what are like the first steps from getting someone tell, oh, who the hell is this to, oh, I think I've heard about him somewhere. My specialism is uh, I'm a journalist by trade. So I spent 15 years writing and editing for national newspapers like The Guardian and The Independent, The Mail on Sunday, the BBC, all of those sorts of things. So my specialism is as a journalist and, and how to get how to get media coverage. So I teach people how to do that. But as you as you kind of alluded to there, really, it is much broader than that. If you focus just on trying to get media coverage and trying to get in magazines and newspapers at the expense of doing some of the other things that could get you out there, like getting visible on social media, then you could be missing a trick. And, and certainly when I'm working with people, I try to get them to look at all areas, really. And I think if you're just starting out online, social media does seem like a really great place place to start in terms of getting yourself more visible and a mistake I see lots of starter business owners doing is just trying to be everywhere and trying to be on every platform doing oh, yeah. everything <laughs> and, yes. um, and actually I think it's probably a good start to kind of pick one or two platforms that you think that you can shine on and that you can do well on and then gradually add to them so in my own case for example even though I've been active on Twitter for probably about as long as it's been around or, or maybe a bit, little bit less uh, and also Facebook I'm just really starting to look at Instagram and look at things like Snapchat because actually it's taken me quite a long time to build traction on those platforms and I think it's probably better to be as my friend Phil Pallon says and I think you know him as well don't mm -hmm. you the branding sure. expert he says you know be a rock star on two possibly three platforms and then when you've really kind of nailed it on 
on, on, on those couple of platforms, then you can start to build traction elsewhere. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I guess you can even move part of your audience to the other platform as well. I mean, that, that's what I was doing with the podcast. I already had a podcast listeners whom I drove to Blab when I was doing Blab show, live Blab shows for the podcast. So part of them came and was introduced to this new platform just because I was there doing a podcast. Which is sort of an yeah, option. exactly. And I think you can find sometimes that you can get quite a lot of traction on one particular platform. But actually, sometimes you have to work quite hard to get your people over to into <laughs> a new platform. And I'm working to get my people over to Instagram, and lots of them aren't there yet. So I'm, you know, really trying to encourage people and Snapchat as well. But you can take people with you. But I think if you've, I've got, for example, I've got eleven thousand followers on Twitter. I've got quite an active Facebook community and quite a lot of Facebook engagement. So if you've got that built up already, you can take people with you. But if you're still kind of, you know, trying to get your first couple of hundred followers or, or your first couple of hundred likes. And that's going to be harder for you. Okay, so um, you you mentioned that you specialize in media coverage, uh, and uh, usually I don't know how it is with media to be honest, but usually let's say when when we have authors, uh, uh, writers who are writing a book, when they approach uh, publishers, for example, the first question they are asked about is how big is your audience, how big is your platform. So when you're just starting, uh, what the media is interested at is it about already having an audience in place or it's about how interesting your story is or you know what is it that you can capitalize on when you're just starting well something i hear a lot from from authors in particular is that publishers and agents can be useless when it comes to helping to get publicity and you know they, they get a book deal and they get told that they're going to get all this help with their PR and publicity and actually then they get nothing at all or the other end of the spectrum is they may be self-publishing in which case you may be doing all of that yourself I think it really does help if you've already got an audience and I was talking just there about social media but also if you're building an email list and obviously you've got a list of people that you can let know what you know what you're up to and authors tell me that that the first question like you say that publishers usually ask is what kind of audience have you got who follows you but also i think if you've already got some media coverage or you've got some relationships with journalists then then that's going to help a lot if you're going after publishing deals but i think the, the sort of the key thing to say really is that anybody can do this stuff I often speak to authors, but also to business owners who think that there's some kind of magic secret to getting into the newspapers or to getting into magazines and radio and TV. And they think that they need to have a PR company or a PR specialist. And actually, you or I or anyone listening, if you've got the some great ideas and you, know, you don't even need to have the great ideas to start with, if you've got the kind of willingness to, to do your homework, to kind of learn how this stuff works, then you can get some really great media coverage. Okay, so is there any like general um, strategy frame to follow in order to get there? Yeah, so this is what I would suggest that anybody, whether you're an author or business owner, whatever it might be, the, these are the steps that I would suggest that you take. So the, the, there's basically kind of five stages to it. So the first one is saying, okay, well, I want to get press coverage. Why do I want to get press coverage? Now, I know that sounds obvious. It sounds like a really obvious question to ask. If you've got a book coming out, you want to sell more books, maybe. But it isn't always that clear cut. So I work with people, I've got coaching programs, and I've also got a, a membership community. So I work with lots of people who are looking to get 
media coverage. And they've often got quite different reasons. So for lots of people, it will be about sales and it really will be about selling more books, more courses, more products, more, I don't know, coaching, whatever it is that, that, that they do. But for others, sometimes it's simply about building up credibility. And if you go to my website, for example, I've got a, a banner on the main page that says as featured in the Huffington Post, as featured in the Guardian, as featured mm-hmm. in the Daily Mail, various places. And obviously, anyone who comes to your website, be it a prospective client, be it a prospective publisher, be it somebody that wants you to, to book you to speak, then they're going to see that. And rightly or wrongly, they're going to assume that you know what you're talking about. So I speak to lots of people and I work with lots of people who want to get press coverage because because they they want to kind of build that traction. They want to be known as a thought leader in their industry and they want to get the book deals and they want to get this, the, the nice speaking gigs as well. So there's kind of two, two arms to it and, and both can work. So the first question I would ask yourself is that what is it I'm trying to do? Because the more clear that you can be about what it is you're trying to do, then you'll be better at the next stage, which, which is, okay, well, now I've decided what it is that I want to do. Who do I need to get in front of to make that happen? So often people will come to me and I start working with them and they'll be like, right, um, I want to get coverage in Vogue or I want to be in the Sunday Times or whatever it might be. And I'll be like, well, do the people you want to reach, do they read those publications or are they just like, you know, places you'd like to be? And they're like, oh, no, actually, I think that, you know, the people I want to read actually probably read these sorts of things. So sometimes it can be about leaving your ego behind, leaving your ego at the door, as I often say, and just getting really, really clear on the kind of people that you want to reach. So let's say that you've you've written a book about marketing, then you might like the idea of getting into the Sunday Times or or the Sydney Morning Herald or whatever it might be. But actually, you need to think, well, you know, the, the kind of people I want to buy my book, what do they read? And maybe even do some research. So, you know, do a little poll or something like that to find out what, what kind of things they're reading, watching and listening to. So once you've got a feel, and you should then end up with a short list of maybe I mean, you might have quite a long list <laughs> of, of publications and programs you want to target. But um, I would suggest kind of breaking that down initially so it's not too overwhelming to maybe three to five publications or programs to start with. And it's a bit like the social media. Once you've cracked a few, then you can gradually ah. add on once you get good at it. <laughs> um, so, um, so once you've got your short list of people you want to you want to target, then the really hard work becomes, and this is the stage where a lot of people go wrong because they miss this bit out and then they get really frustrated because it doesn't work. I actually had an author said to me recently, quite a a well-known author said, well, PR doesn't work. And I was almost like speechless. And I was like, well, (laughs) you're obviously doing the wrong things because I can I can see like 10 ways that I could get you in the press tomorrow just just on the conversation that we've just had. I didn't say that to her, <laughs> but I wanted to say that to her. Um, so you've got you've got your shortlist. Then you need to do your research. A big mistake that people make when they're trying to get in the media is that they they have the stories that they want to tell and things that they're really interested in and things that they think they need to he- other people need to hear about. But actually journalists don't care about you they don't care about your book or your business whatever it might be all they care about is great content so if you really really want to crack this you need to study those publications or programs almost like you're studying for an exam and just get to know what kind of content they generally run 
what you know do they run interviews do they run Q&A type things do they have first person articles so that you're not just going to them with a general vague idea you're actually saying I've noticed that you that you run a regular section on page 34 every week and actually I think I, I've got something that I could offer to you on, on that so it's really about kind of so working out what it is you're trying to do who you want to get in front of and then making that short list of target publications and then starting to come up with some some ideas. And then the last thing you need to do, I mean, I'm totally kind of summarizing it here. It's quite a process. The last thing you need to do is then think, okay, well, if I want to get, once you've identified the titles or the programs that you want to be in, if I want to get in there, then who do, who are the gatekeepers, basically? Who do I need to get my idea in front of? And a mistake lots of people make is that they'll use generic email addresses. So they might go like contributions at huffingtonpost.com or they'll say editor at guardian or whatever and and that you know then they wonder why no one ever reads their stuff or they never get hear anything back what you really need to do is like you would do with anything really I mean I'm looking for sponsorship at the moment for an event so what I'm doing is is, is just trying to find the decision makers the gate gatekeepers and so I'm looking on Twitter I'm looking on LinkedIn and that's exactly what you do to find journalists so you don't want to just find somebody who works at that place you want to find the editor or the producer on that particular section or segment so that you are getting your idea in front of the absolutely right person so that's kind of like a summary of the main things that I would do there's lots of other things I'd suggest as well but does that kind of make sense as a, a kind of oh, it does. I mean I, I'm just um, making parallel actually um, I have a feeling that online and offline publications uh, so basically the process is the same right yeah yeah and I think it can be harder to actually kind of you know, if you pick up a newspaper, you can often get quite a sense of the of the kind of content that they run and the different sections they have. So you might notice, you know, in the UK, for example, The Guardian has a, I think it's media on a Monday, education on a Tuesday, society on a Wednesday, tech on a Thursday, entertainment on a Friday. So, you know, you can literally kind of see that when you pick up the publication and you follow it for a little while. But online, it can be more difficult. But what you need to look out is is for what's often referred to as verticals. So I've written for quite a few pieces for Entrepreneur and they have these things which they call verticals, but essentially it's just sections. So they have series of articles. So, you know, working life or working parents, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And if you can just kind of get a sense of what you think the sections are, you can usually work it out. You can usually work out that this particular series they publish one piece every Thursday and you can normally if you're just willing to do your detective work you can you can normally kind of suss all of this stuff out quite easily okay so I think that it's very important to be like consistent with the message so people whoever see you in different publications know what you are about so how much of that core message do you keep and how are you going to be flexible enough to make sure that your content is tailored to the publication so so they accept your pitch? Well, I think it's a really, really good question because often when I start working with people, they will have this idea of this story that they want to tell in the media. And to be quite frank, often it's it's really boring and it's the story that nobody wants to hear. And the stories that, pe- that journalists do want to hear and they do want to engage with are often the ones that people feel a little bit edgier about sharing, to be quite uh-huh. honest. And really, it's one of those things you have to be in it to win it. There's nothing that you can say. There's no email that you can send or phone call that you can make that's going to persuade a journalist to run a story if they're if they're not interested in in that story. So it's really about you kind of seeing what kind of stuff they run, seeing, well, you know, 
I've got these ideas that look like they could work. Do I feel comfortable with that? You know, do, do, do I feel that that reflects my mission and my values? If so, then I'll go for it. If not, and one, one sort of exercise that I get people to do when I'm working with them, which can be quite useful to start thinking about this. And I mean, actually, I'll, I'll just make another point first, actually, is that a lot of people, they, they don't really realize that journalists aren't generally interested in just writing about your book or your business or, or what you're doing. So I don't know if you've ever noticed some of the PR that authors get, but you hardly ever read, unless it's like the, the you know, Fifty Shades of Grey, you hardly ever read uh, a newspaper article saying, oh, a new book's come out. Yeah. What you will often see is an author either being interviewed about something that's happened in their life or it could be telling a story about something that's happened in their life and at the bottom it will say Adele Parks is the one that comes to mind because I know she always does this the chick lit author <laughs> Adele Parks's new book is out on May the 9th and you can buy it here and she's a good example actually of a fiction author because what she generally does when she's got a new book coming out she goes to the likes of the Daily Mail and tells them a story about something that's happened to her that will genuinely be of interest to the audience and kind of fits with the theme of her book so it might be something like she did one one year about how she'd had like I can't remember it's like eight marriage proposals or something and at the end of it there was a plug for her book now they wouldn't have written a story just about the fact that Adele Parks has got a new novel out but her telling a story I saw another spiritual author she had um a book out oh what's her name Rebecca Campbell Light is the New Black and I saw that she had a piece in Red Magazine which was about how how's it kind of survived being single so she she took a sort of something that she was experiencing in her life and wrote about that and then got a nice juicy plug for her book at the bottom uh-huh. and that's generally how it works and I often say to people it's almost like a we have this thing in the UK <laughs> called the pineapple upside down cake where the sweet stuff is at the bottom and that's what you have to do it's almost like you have to flip it round. it's like you want to go to the the publication and say hey look at me I'm brilliant this is my business this is my book this is my coaching program but they're probably more interested in the story behind it so you you go to them with the story and the sweet stuff the one that the stuff that you want to get coverage for is at, at the bottom so this exercise that I mentioned so when I when people start working with me to get them thinking about the kind of ideas that might appeal to the media this is what I generally do with them so I've got this kind of handout I can see it in my head now where it's got like a circle in the middle that's got this your business and brand in the middle and then it's got all the areas of your life which which intersect with your business Mm -hmm. and your business it might be a book you know it might be whatever it is and so it's got life and death which is you know marriage and death and that kind of thing it's got relationships and that could be friendships as well not just romantic relationships it's got family it's got work and it's got these different areas of your life which intersect with your business and I'll give you some examples of press coverage that I've got where which has been really good for my business but isn't actually about my business so for example in the work section I'm looking at it now actually because I'm in my indoor office at home but I have one of these sort of chic sheds they call them she sheds at the bottom of my garden and I work from there sometimes and it's very very pretty it's all nicely done out like homes and gardens type Uh thing I've had loads of press coverage for the fact that I work in this shed I talk about it on social media all the time and and so journalists have actually contacted me and asked me to be in stories about it and there was one particular article in the metro which is one of the sort of big commuter uh, publications in the UK which was all about this trend for she sheds or chic chic sheds they call them and um, and I'm in it there's a big picture of me sitting outside my shed and I'm in it and 
it's not about my business. It's about sheds. But in it, I talked quite extensively about my business. And I talked about how I sometimes run workshops there and how I really like it because it's not corporate and that kind of fits with my 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 values. And and so it's kind of harking back really to what you were saying before about, you know, getting that kind of core message through. And I've also written in the Huffington Post about I did a piece on why I don't like holidays and I talked about my shed in there as well. Um, and I mean, other examples, I've written quite a bit of stuff for the Guardian's women in leadership section. And there was one particular piece I did recently because I was going off to the Philippines to um, Chris Ducker's tropical think tank. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was heading off there. And I also was doing some work in the Middle East that month. And something that I just noticed is that every time I mention that I'm traveling with work, people will often say, oh, well, what does your daughter think about that? And who's going to look after your daughter? And I say, well, it's her dad, you know. And they'll say, oh, well, I, I wouldn't want to leave my child. And then, you know, you get this <laughs> guilt thing. And so I wrote a piece for The Guardian about it. And again, it was great PR for my business because I was actually talking about just being a working mother and being a working traveling mother. I got so many emails. I got so many sign-ups on my email list. I got people in my Facebook group. I got people because they were connecting with, again, coming back to what you were saying before, with my central mission and my values. And I mentioned my business in it, but I didn't, the focus of the article wasn't about my business. I've also, you know, I've also done pieces on, I did one piece on miscarriage and it was about why we need to talk more about miscarriage at work. And that got 10,000 shares. Again, not about my business. I only mentioned it briefly, but I sat at an event in London and this lady was sat in front of me and she said, I'm here because I read that piece. Then I went to your website and then um, I realized that you did something I was interested in and here I am. So Hopefully that gives you a few examples of, of how it can work. I, I actually, uh, I, I'm just making parallel with online because I, I've been there for quite a lot. So basically, you know, in social, when when people sort of, you know, jump at your face and, and say, buy my book or buy my course or whatever it is, you you get defensive and you, you sort of, you know, don't even want to bother and go into details and see what they are talking about. But if they sort of, you know, um, show uh, backs scenes of backstage scenes of how they created the course or some challenges or some stuff that you've been following them by the time the course is out you will be curious about it so i guess the same principle applies based on what you were telling um you know yeah yeah i I mean i did a this might be interesting because i know some of your audience are authors um but i i it's all about stories i mean basically people love stories and they love stories that they can share with people and that that they feel something that they can connect with and I i actually did a I did a blog post on my website, which you can link to in the show notes if you like, which was about how to apply narrative theory to all of this stuff. Because um, basically, as all as lots of your listeners will will know, you know, there's a kind of, you know, I mean, there's many theories, isn't there, of narrative structure out there. But the one that, that sort of comes to me is, is the kind of five-part narrative structure, you, you know, something... Mm-hmm. You get you get a story. Something's everything's brilliant at the beginning. Something happens to disrupt the equilibrium. The characters all run around trying to put it. Put, they recognise something's gone wrong. Sorry. Then they run around trying to put it right, and at the end, you get the equilibrium is restored, but in a kind of different way. And essentially, the media's like that. You know, that's the kind of um, and and people don't want journalists don't want stories generally about the equilibrium they don't want the stories about how wonderful our lives are oh yeah yeah you know they want the story of how you paid off forty thousand pounds of debt to start the business or you know kimra luna she's um she i see her a lot in the media she's she's quite successful online isn't she and she's always telling this story about how she was on like social 
security, we would say, in the UK. And now she sends her kids to private school and she has a big car and a nanny and a cook and all, you know. And and yeah. and, and I, th- I think this, it, you're so right. There's so many parallels to online. I know when I'm doing my email marketing, I, I just try and sell a story because if I occasionally I might send a sales email, but a lot of the time people engage because you share stories and we all love stories but what we don't love is we, we love that disruption so so we love that kind of story about you know when when mums come up to us on the playground and say oh you know why are you traveling when you've got a daughter mm-hmm. or, or you know what happens when you have a, a miscarriage and 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 you know you've got to try and keep things going at work and these are all great opportunities these sort of turning points in our lives as many of us have, have had and you know some of the challenges that we've faced they're um you know they're great opportunities for media coverage and but people will often say oh my god but you know that all sounds so negative and I don't want to share all my secrets you don't have to you know you can be quite selective but I think just like if you want to be successful as an online marketer with an online business you have to be willing to share some of yourself and some of your you know your personality and and your background I think it's also true of the press as well and you know I've worked with people who've said oh well I want to be all over the newspapers and radio and TV, but oh no, I, I don't want my photo there. I, d- I don't want people to know about me. And you know, you don't have to share everything, but you have to be willing to share some of it because basically people just aren't interested in the equilibrium. Yeah, they, they need to relate to you. And in order to relate to you, they need to know about you uh, to a certain level. So, you know, you can't really be anonymous and, and hide everything about yourself and talk only about your business because then you won't have this human connection, which is what actually intrigues and, and create curiosity okay so let's get to the the last part let's say we've done everything right and we finally got that thing and uh we received agreement and we're going to be published and featured on those media uh so usually what happens online is uh, and uh and uh the same thing with newspapers i guess you have at the very bottom you know a, a short thing about yourself so where people can find you and all that stuff so as far as I know, uh, you are providing that information, right? It depends on the publication, and this is where you have to do your homework. But most, if it's online, will let you link back to your website. But anything that looks like a, you know, a, a really overt plug for your business, then they'll just take it out. So this is why it's so important to show what you to show what you know rather than tell. You know, it's a bit like you know writing fictions. So yeah. show not tell, um, because if you've written a really compelling article about how you built your business after being forty thousand in debt, and you've given great value in that content just because it's an inspiring story and it's a good story, then I think that journalists will probably be happy for you to say at the bottom you know, Janet Murray is a coach, PR coach or whatever, and then links through to your website. But if you've been kind of sprinkling plugs all the way through. Yeah, yeah that's about, true. You know, um, and there's one, other, there's one other step, actually, that might be just useful to, to mention. I know we're conscious of time, but um, I don't know if you'd be interested in, in, in a few tips on how to pitch to journalists. Oh, and, absolutely. And um, absolutely. I'll just give you a few, a few pointers on that. Um, it's, it's quite interesting because people often come to me, they want to know about press releases. So my opt-in on my website is a five-day press release writing course, which is ironic because I'm not that keen on press releases <laughs> um, as a, a way of pitching to the media. But the reason I do it is because it's something that people know about. So they'll Google it and they'll find that and then they'll come to my website and do my course and then I can re-educate them that you don't have to make it that difficult. But basically, like I said at the beginning, if any of us has an idea that you want to pitch into the media, then 
there's no re- right reason if you can find the the right person the decision maker there's no reason why you can, can't just fire off an email and just say would you be interested in this and a few little pointers I give you to because journalists literally get hundreds of these I mean I've been there been doing it for 15 years and your inbox is just kind of groaning with press release press release press release oh, yeah. um so a couple of little tips is if you can label up the subject header so it says story idea or pitch that will increase the chances of you getting it opened um and if you can have a header that summarizes your story and and you don't try and be clever so um trying to think of the so say for example that you've that, that you've opened the only male nail bar in your in your town or something like that it's an, a nail bar just for men then you know the temptation might be able to put something like you know um local business nails it uh for for men or something but actually that wouldn't mean anything to a busy journalist you might be very proud of your your pun <laughs> um but you actually need to say you know male only or men only nail bar opens today or whatever it might be just really really kind of simple the other tip i would give would be to get in the first line of your email a lot of mistake people make the mistake and this comes back to what I was saying about the author before often it can just be the way that you're pitching is is that, that maybe your pitching technique isn't right but a lot of people will spend like two paragraphs giving their life story and their business story and actually journalists aren't that interested they just want you to get straight to the point so you can say you know hi Hi, Janet. I um, just wondered if you'd be interested in a story about the new nail bar I'm opening. It's just for men only. You know, that's you just need to get straight in there. We call it in journalism the 10 word top line. And I just think even those two little things can make such a big difference and increase your, your chances of, of, of getting your your email opened and, and people taking notice of your pitch because it is quite competitive wherever you are in the world listening to this I think the UK is particularly competitive um, but <laughs> wherever you are in the world it, you know it's quite it, it's quite competitive and one other thing I would say that there is a really growing hunger amongst publications for for how-to content where you teach people stuff so you know the kind of stuff mm-hmm, that you see mm-hmm, in Entrepreneur, mm-hmm. Business Insider, Huffington Post and you generally again I've got a post about this on my website if you want to have a look but generally they all have different rules about how you get into them but but generally if you can get your first pitch passed and get your first idea accepted they'll sign you up as a contributor and then you can post whenever you like so you've you've got a kind of platform there but I think there's this whole basically when I first started out in journalism 15 years ago they would pay people like me to do this content now it's 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 a game for anybody if you've got something useful to offer the world in terms of your expertise then you can be up there writing for entrepreneur business insider Huffington Post whatever it might be you know in industry websites or titles or whatever that's bad news for people like me who well I I don't do it now but I used to make my living from selling my writing uh, in that way Uh, but it's good news for for people who've got a business to promote um, because there's a hunger for for this kind of content where you teach people what you know and all of us I think probably have you know I've written a whole series of articles for the Guardian on how to write press releases that's really popular it sends people to my website all the time (laughs) always always in their top 10 business articles how to get press coverage how to do radio and tv interviews so anyone listening now i'm sure you've probably got a whole raft of stuff like that in your specialist area that you could probably think about pitching into the media okay yeah and the last question i mean uh um you, you sort of you know told about the general thing that we can address like you know the the, the, the topics and all that things how do you identify like these unique 
angle because every one of us has this, you know, most probably this differentiating um, thing about us that might be interesting to capitalize on. How do you identify what that is about you that you could use as a, you know, part of the pitch of you being different from the others who can write about the same topic, maybe? I think that um, I often say to people, a little trick to use is something called the Facebook test. So um, if you've got, you know, say something's happened to you, um, if you think about the idea that you've got for the media and if you posted it on your Facebook account now, and I mean your kind of personal wall, mm-hmm. would, would people like it? It's probably, you know, vaguely interesting. Would they comment on it? Then that's probably more interesting. If it's a subject that would really like, maybe divide people or they have different opinions on then that's probably really, really your kind of sweet spot. And it doesn't have to be controversial. For example, I wrote, I'm a Huffington Post blogger and I, I wrote a piece for the Huffington Post um, a couple of weeks ago when it was the London Marathon because I've run the London Marathon twice. And both times I've run it, people were more interested in the fact that I wore makeup when I was running than the fact that I'd just run 20, 26 of mine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just wrote it as a little Huffington Post piece and just thought this would be quite fun and I can show it to my students and, you know, whatever. However, when I posted it up on my Facebook page, my, you know, my f- personal Facebook feed, my husband commented immediately that he thought it was a Daily Mail type article. And for those who, I think most people know the Daily Mail, but it's quite a right-wing UK publication and it's not loved by everybody. <laughs> um, but, you know, they, they, they commission a lot of kind of lifestyle content, which is, is, you know, it's just kind of general lifestyle stuff. So um, next thing I got, a, a, I got a message straight away from the Daily Mail saying, would you write that, for, that piece for us? We love, we love that idea. And, you know, it's about wearing makeup when you're running. It's, it, but, but people, when I posted it on my feed, immediately people were commenting on it and saying you know what they thought and some people thought it was a ridiculous idea some people thought they could see what I meant and 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 that's really what you're looking for is is that kind of sweet spot is like is it something people care about if they got an opinion all too often you know I'll, I'll be working with people who they've won some kind of industry award or something like you know the tidiest office or the like you know, most eco-friendly company or something, and they think that's going to be national news, but actually, it's it's those issues, the stuff that just kind of happens to you every day that is often what people. And as I say, you know, if you're in doubt as to what it, whether you've got an interesting story, just post it up on your Facebook page. Just <laughs> say this happened to me today, and see what happens, and and that will probably give you an instant answer as to whether you're you, it's got um, newsworthiness. Okay, so pitch to Facebook first, and then to the rest of the media. <laughs> yeah, try it out on your friends. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for coming over. That was really useful. Now I guess you know we covered the basics so from there it will be much easier to approach the thing and, and move forward and I'm sure that you know those who are action takers and, and can try it out uh, you know after a while it will start working yes definitely it's one of those things I often say PR is a marathon it's not a sprint and it's something that you need to keep working on every day like everything in your business but if you do work on it I send a pitch a day like it might be a pitch for traditional media it might be a pitch for a podcast or a guest blog or whatever or I pitch other people but if you can just get into that habit of looking for those opportunities in fact yesterday I was on the <laughs> just one last thing to say I was on the the Merrymaker sisters I was on their podcast yesterday mm-hmm. and my own podcast my own podcast listens like went through the roof yesterday and I think that was partly because of that episode I think because they've got quite a big audience but partly because 
there's a UK podcasters award and I was touting for nominations for that as well. But, but all of this stuff, you know, if you're just out there looking for opportunities to, to, you know, to share your message with a wider audience, whether it's through podcasts or guest content or traditional media coverage or social media, it will pay off. It really does. Yeah, true. Well, thanks a lot. It was very useful. I really appreciate your time. And um, we might have you back at some pr- a certain point. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Thank you for having me. Well, it seems that's all I had for you today. I hope that you enjoyed the interview. I'm really curious about your feedback concerning the changes that I have initiated. I would love to see what you think. So feel free to email me, Annie at AnnieAlexander.com. Annie spelled A-N-I. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you would like to see in the new podcast. And uh, just you know, connect with me and, and let's uh, engage and, and see who you are and, and take it from there. And as I said, for um, regular, uh, for uh, intense um, and really great community experience, uh, check out the Brand Architect Club at www.annialexander.com backwards slash membership. Okay, well, that's it. I really hope that you're going to have an amazing week. I'm going to have an amazing weekend for sure because this weekend we have New Media Europe at London. So I will be speaking on Sunday, but we will have a whole weekend packed with great speeches and amazing evening with a podcast award ceremony. So if you happen to be in London this weekend and would like to meet or would like to be at an exceptional event, check out annealexander.com backwards slash new media because I think there are a couple of tickets left. So if you hurry, you may get some. Well, that's it. Have a great week and I will meet you in the next episode.